Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the Feel Your Fandom Podcast. My name is, and always has been, Saint. And I'm Jim. Yes, you are. Jimothy, how you doing, buddy? You know, uh, I don't know if you can actually uh, hear it, if, if, if there is such a thing as a long-time listener of the podcast, but uh, I sound like I've been gargling thumbtacks and kitty litter and then washing them down with scotch. Uh, I'm getting over <laughs> pneumonia, and it sucks, because there's, uh, you know, I, my, my lungs sound like a, um, you probably be able to hear it, I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum, but my lungs kind of sound like a uh, tea kettle over a campfire. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Like, I, I have managed to avoid covid uh, but I've gotten strep throat three times this year, and now I just got pneumonia. So that's been fun. Um, you know, masks work, and hand sanitizer works, and distancing works, and washing works, but I've still managed to pick up all kinds of fun secondary infections. So at least I'm on the tail end of it. But, um, yeah, if I sound like, uh, if I sound like I've been, um, you know, uh, mainlining scotch and cigarettes uh, for, for days on end, uh, that's the reason why. How are you? Oh, well, you know, I kind of have the same similar situation going on. I'm not sick at all, but I, uh, and I'm, I'm going to cop to this here on the air here because, you know, it's kind of my way of being a mea culpa and holding myself accountable. But uh, I used to smoke a lot back in the day. Not cigarettes, but I would smoke those black and mild cigarellos. Oh, sure. And, uh, I mean, I did that for a lot of years. I quit about eight years ago. Well, I've been under a particular amount of stress lately, and... I know, I know that's no excuse, but it's every excuse. Everyone says it, but the thing is, is, is I started smoking again, and, and it, it, I thought I could regulate it. I thought it was something that I could just handle, and turns out I can't. It has, it has grasped me with both hands firmly and shook me about the neck. So uh, I'm making a, a vow again today as we record to not purchase any more, not smoke any more, regardless of the situation. I did it eight years ago, and it lasted for quite some time, so I'm hoping to make it last again. But uh, my lungs are kind of uh, in the same situation as yours, except it's self-induced. So, uh, Well, I, I believe that... in you. <laughs> I believe in you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um but, you know, luckily, uh, other than that, a uh, healthy, hale, and hearty. Working my ass off. Work too much. But uh, we're still here. We're still kicking. Uh, we're yeah, for sure. We're coming in on the tail end of season three. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I'm Heading into the home stretch. Right. I'm trying to put together something really choice and, and wonderful for uh, a good season finale. Uh, it may or may not have something to do with the new recently released theatrical release of Dune, uh, Villeneuve's Dune, and uh, uh, maybe uh, including a particular guest that we've had on previously that is very, very keen to talk about said movie. So keep your ears peeled for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, can't wait for that. So other than that shit, I mean, I haven't been doing a whole lot of anything other than working all the time. I, I did finish Metroid Dread. I finally got through that. Uh, I gotta say, it's a very worthwhile uh, Metroid successor. I really enjoyed it. It was Nintendo hard, as they used to say. Yeah. So, um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I'm still kind of working my way through Far Cry 6 and some of the expansion pack stuff for um, some of the DLC for um, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Which I just read the other day is turning out to be uh, one of Ubisoft's most successful games ever, and rightly so. I mean, it's one of the better ones. I've been a fan of the Assassin's Creed series for a while, um, 
for a while there, they were uh, the, the, the sort of pithy thing to talk about in the gaming press was, uh, who are they making all these Assassin's Creed games for? One more, you know, uh, do, doing one every... Me. They're making them yeah. for fucking me. I love the, the, the historical tourism aspect of it. I love how they kind of weave it into uh, yeah, this, this fiction universe into the real world and you know put real historical figures in these things. And the fact that they... Uh, you know, say what you want about Ubisoft and all the issues they've had with sort of like, you know, misogyny and sexual harassment, which, you know, again, are... Which, again, are very problematic, and, you know, I still definitely think about those things every time I uh, think about plunking down money for one of their games. But nonetheless, the games themselves, you know, we, we, again, we talked about this uh, this whole thing a couple of weeks ago about how do you separate problematic artists from good art. And, um, you know, so I, I, I don't want to get off on another soapboxy rant about it, but uh, I, I kind of make the choice of the money to not punish all the good people that work on those games. Right. Because the, the care... And uh, attention to detail that they put into those things is evident when you play them. And so I'm kind of like doing a one-two. I'm bouncing back and forth. I've got um, Far Cry 6 on the PS5, and I've got Assassin's Creed Valhalla on the Series X. So I've sort of got both controllers in the bedside. And depending on which one strikes me, it's it's the one I pick up as I'm getting ready to fall asleep. And they're both uh, pretty good quality games. Although, you know, they, they definitely have... Uh, yeah. The the whole you know, Ubisoft sandbox quote unquote thing that they that they uh, that, that the, the gaming press and critics kind of uh, tar those games with a with a broad brush to an extent because they're both Ubisoft games they both have a certain style of hey here's a huge map scattered full of icons now run around and, and clear the icons and go on fetch quests and climb towers and overtake bases and shit it's it's valid criticism but if you're like me and you like that kind of thing and I do then those are the games for you, and I just enjoy playing them, and you can shut up. But, yeah, so I've been kind of working through through both of those and and just having a good time with both of them. So if you like that sort of thing, that's the sort of thing you like, and they're definitely for me. Yeah, I've been bouncing around now. Now that i finished Metroid Dread, I like to kind of try to focus on a game, but it's, it's always been a bit hard with my ADD. I picked up Deathloop, and I was oh, yeah. dick, dicking around with that, but then I just happened to pick up uh, Dread a couple days after that, and Dread just kind of took over. So I got to jump back into Deathloop. It's like a ten out of ten on IGN's list, and 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 it's got nothing but rave sparkling reviews. So I got to get back into that and try it. But then I also went out the other day and purchased the new Guardians of the Galaxy game uh, made uh-huh. by Square Enix, and so now I've got to uh, make my way into doing that one because my my kid really wants to watch that one. He's really into the Guardians. I made sure to buy it on the PS5 so he can't steal it from me, but uh, <laughs> it's been interesting. But I'll get back into those now Now that I have a couple extra minutes. Well, all that time you're not going to spend smoking, you'll be able to uh, do something different with your hands. Uh, well, I mean, something above the pants hands. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> hey uh, uh Something also really cool that I wanted to mention, and it kind of directly ties into... Uh, what we're going to talk about today. Um, my kids for Halloween ended up, my son dressed up in this uh, kind of a Resident Evil 2 kind of get up because he's like fully taken with the Resident Evil 2 series now uh, or Resident Evil as a whole, which is weird because like two years ago you couldn't get him to mention the word zombie without getting creeped out and skeeved, but now he's just over the moon. He's got like the Leon Kennedy haircut and everything and so he's kind of going balls to the wall with that. Uh, and my daughter uh, dressed up as uh, Cadet Tilly, Ensign Tilly from uh, Star Trek Discovery, who is 
Uh, absolutely one of my favorite actresses, Mary Wiseman. She is fantastic on that show. She's spunky. She's got an attitude to her. She's she's very ADD, kind of like me. So I see a lot of myself and a lot of my daughter in her kind of characterization. And uh, so, I mean, my daughter just really gravitated towards it. So she wanted to be Tilly. And so I got her the, the uniform sweatshirt and everything, put the com badge on her. And her mother did her hair up uh, with like a red dye to a temporary red dye to uh, to mouse it up and, and get it all curly like Ensign Tilly. And I keep bouncing back and forth. She's been promoted more than Harry Kim ever was. So she was a cadet. Now she's an ensign. And I guess in the new season, she's lieutenant. So, uh, But she's a fantastic character. And so uh, on a whim the other day, I took the picture that I had taken of uh, my daughter in Ensign Tilly get up. And I sent it on Twitter uh, to Mary Wiseman being like, oh, we love you. My daughter adores you. And uh, like within half an hour, she had already responded back. Uh, Mary Wiseman uh, tweeted back, oh, my God, I love it. Little Till, it's beautiful. And, and I'm like <laughs> stoked on that. And I'm like, oh, my God, my daughter's going to have a conniption. And I got home and I told her and showed her. And she started running around the living room and just being really super happy about that shit. And that's the kind of thing I like to talk about when I talk about building the new generation of fandom. For um, real. It's it's one of those kind of things that uh, sticks in your head. You remember something like that, and you start gravitating towards. I mean, that'd be the equivalent of me back in the day, uh, getting a personalized autograph picture from Leonard Nimoy or something like that. It, it, it's something that special, and it's something that you know would have definitely cemented Star Trek. I mean, if, as if it wasn't already. But would have definitely cemented it as uh, one of my favorite things in the ever. And uh, I, I could see it happening with Maria right now. She is over the moon with it right now. So, Yeah, the internet was largely a mistake. And I, that's, I, I'll, I'll maintain that position. But every as once in a should. while you hear about, uh, yeah, it's, jeez. Oh, you know, any technology is only as good as the hands of the humans it's in. Whether, you know, you've, you've got uh, something like nuclear power that you can use to either, uh, you know, generate juice for a city or level one. Uh, you know, so the internet is uh, is kind of a cesspool a lot of the time. But once in a while, you hear something heartwarming about that, about how a young fan gets to connect with one of their heroes online, and it just uh, sort of really just reinforces and 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 um, just restores your faith in humanity. That was pretty cool of Mary Wiseman to do that. And uh, you know, your daughter looked great in her costume. So I mean, it's just making those connections with the uh, the people who you sort of fanboy, fangirl, fan out about. Um, it just really it, it redeems what. Uh, what in essence is is, is kind of a uh, a tool for 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 good most of the time, but uh, you know can be pretty shitty some of the time. But you know it's it's just a great thing to see. Absolutely, and it, it was very heartwarming for me. It was it was exciting for my daughter, and I mean I kept thinking about it the entire time I was working on uh, yesterday when it happened, and I was just I, I just kept smiling. I couldn't help grinning. It was so uh, just pure and wholesome and and just good, you know and. Yeah, what a so, nice thing for her to do to make the kids' day and to just be really responsive to the fan uh, community and, and uh, acknowledge that uh, that effort and that that adoration. That you know, she didn't have to do that, so uh, kudos to her. Track people are just good people. That's all there is to it. I've, I've never heard a story about you know whether it's a Trek fan or somebody involved with Roddenberry, whether it's Champ or whether it's anybody he's worked with or. Yeah, you know, and, and at the risk of again, like sort of like jumping off on a tangent here, we we talked a couple weeks ago about separating problematic artists from good art, and then it wasn't a day or two later when uh, 
when uh, Wesley Crusher uh, himself, Will Wheaton, had a, a very widely publicized and highly shared on social media oh, yeah, post yeah, yeah. about um, you know somebody asking him, and I think a Q and A. I didn't really get the context of it, but somebody saying, you know, how do you uh, how do you to, to rationalize? Uh, I think he was talking about Joss Whedon in particular, about um, you know how uh, this this guy who wrote into Will who sent him an email or, or, or maybe asked him a question on Reddit or something about how yeah they were they were talking um, about how formative Buffy was to them and back yeah. in the day and 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 how how comforted them after their father died and yeah yeah and, and how to how rationalize still loving that piece of her past that had that such an emotional connection even though the, you know Joss Whedon's kind of yeah. turned out to be a complete piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, and and I thought it was funny, and I think I sent you that link right when I saw it. It's like, yeah, I just literally talked about this. But, uh, yeah, I, and so kind of that's the gist of, of the kind of conversation I want to talk about today is, is that uh, we've been uh, insinuating, talking about, bringing up and mentioning and kind of pitter-pattering around the subject for a while. Uh, but one of the things that we are very, very proud to have started and put in motion now is what me and Jim are calling the Fuel the Future. And uh, what Fuel the yeah. Future is, is for anyone who's not sick of us hearing hearing us talk about it, because guess what? Strap in. But yeah. it is a charitable organization that we're trying to put together that will uh, basically put comics and nerd-related uh, paraphernalia... Uh, into the hands of kids who might not be able to afford it. And the reason I kind of came up with this idea, the way I kind of came up with this was, now, I have collected comics and and video games and and assorted things my entire life. I think it started kind of in my mid-teens where I started with books and uh, novels and then graphic novels and then comic books and so I've Mm -hmm. been at it a while I'm a pretty old man at this point as evidenced by my uh, recent physical but uh, the fact of the matter (laughs) is is that these things comforted me these things shaped me they helped form me I mean I've done some pretty shady shit to get comics in the past and nothing like that take your mind out of the gutter but, uh, I mean, I, I freely admit that back in the past, I wasn't exactly 100% honest. That's something I have to cop to. Um, it's part of what made me who I am now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've done some shady shit to get the things that I like. And, and even up to and including, very recently, uh, BitTorrent. Which, for me, I always just kind of assumed was a victimless crime. And, ah, who's going to know? Who's going to care? Uh, until it was very much brought to my attention that there is a very large population of comic writers and and editors and, and storyboard artists and story artists and things like that that lose not just an incremental sum of money, but just a lot of money based on, you know, the piracy that goes on uh, through yeah. the Internet. And, and I never put two and two together. And I know that sounds like I'm trying to find a way to absolve myself. Uh, but it absolutely isn't. Uh, I, I literally didn't give it much thought uh, until it was brought to my attention by several comic book writer friends of mine and friends of the show um, that what I was doing was tantamount to theft, which I, you know, at this point in my life, I thought I was well past. And it turns out I wasn't. And it was unintentional, but it was very eye-opening for me. And so what I wanted to do 
was find a way to legally help children, uh, underprivileged youth, acquire the the nerd uh, paraphernalia that they need to foster their own fandoms, to grow as fans, to become their butterfly fan self from the larval state. So um, that's kind of what set this whole plan in motion. So. Yeah, it really is about that. I mean, you and I both had pretty uh, formative experiences as kids. And as you mentioned, we're both crusty and old as shit now. But at one <laughs> point, we were dewy, impressionable, you know, acne-faced kids who who just kind of, uh, you know, any any geek of any age has that period. Of course, now the geeks shall inherit the earth. Superhero movies are the biggest things out there. Comic books are oh, yeah. huge. Video games are a multi-billion dollar industry. But there was a time, uh, and, and a lot of people who are listening will remember this, where that kind of shit was, uh, as we talked it. about with, um, as we talked about on the Death Wish Coffee episode a couple weeks ago, Jeff was saying that he was going to to um, Jeff Ayers from from Death Wish was going to to school with comics in his backpack and getting beat up over it, because um, yeah. you know uh, kids uh, can be mean and and if you're not uh, a jock or into the latest fashion or whatever happens to be cool or wherever you enjoy your formative years. Um, you're going to get a little bit of grief for that. So I remember definitely being a kid hanging around the comic book store, only having a couple of bucks in my pocket, having to pick and choose whether I wanted to pick up the, uh, the latest Swamp Thing comic or whether I wanted to pick up that or, or save up another couple of weeks and, and get that um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trade paperback. Um, so it, it really is uh, one of those things that when you're, when you're a kid that doesn't exactly fit in, I mean, even though, like we just said, the uh, the superhero thing is a much bigger deal now in the pop culture, right. but nonetheless, I mean, y- you definitely want to escape uh, the, the escapism inherent to, to that particular form of entertainment, whether it's sci-fi, whether it's comics, whether it's video games, whether it's movies, what have you. Um, you you, you kind of want to find that place where you fit. You, you want to be able to escape in entertainment where people like you that you can identify with, you can project yourself onto, that you can see yourself in, are celebrated rather than denigrated. And it's a very, very important thing for anybody to have that community. So being able to to leverage whatever juice we have to be able to uh, solicit donations and, and work with uh, retailers and, and, and work with all the folks who are listening to be able to uh, just collect a couple of bucks together and throw it at our local comic book stores. And you and I are both going to start with our local comic book stores right. and just see what we can do to uh, start. Like you, weeks and weeks ago, months ago, when we first started talking about this, you presented it to me as the idea of like the suspended coffee, uh, which is an idea that's caught on in the pop culture where if somebody goes into the Starbucks or their local coffee shop and says, I'd like to buy my latte or whatever it is that I'm having, and then I'll also give you a couple extra bucks for a suspended coffee. So in case somebody who's maybe down their luck, who's experiencing homelessness, who might be need a cup of coffee to, to warm up or to wake up and can't really afford one, can just come in and, and uh, that coffee's already paid for and waiting for them in a, in a repository fund. And you could just give them that coffee on me, and it's just kind of a way to pay it forward without having to worry about... Um, you know, uh, handing out gift cards to people or hand the money out to folks on the street, which can be uncomfortable and, and, uh, problematic. So, um, being able to have this sort of fund, just to, you know, have a couple of bucks knocking around in a fund to be able to go to your local comic store, my local comic store, and hopefully, uh, grow it and, and, and go to lots of local comic book stores and be able to say, Hey, we're going to give you X amount of dollars. So in case, uh, there's a kid coming in who, 
and retailers, anybody who's, who's a proprietor of a comic book store, and most of them are independent, knows the look on the face of the kid who kind of looks at something with that longing look on his or her face and, and kind of has their shoulders slump when they realize that oh, that's a thing I really want, but I can't afford it. And right. be able to say, hey, you know what? Uh, we, can, we can make sure we get that into your hands. You don't have to worry about buying that. Somebody's already bought it for you. Pick something out for yourself, something nice, and, and, and you can leave with a smile on your face, feeling good about your day, and, and go home and lose yourself in some pages or uh, maybe an action figure or, or, or a, a, a toy or whatever it is that you want and not have to worry about where you're gonna, how, how you're going to pay for that. If your parents right. are not, you know, necessarily have a whole lot of expendable income or, or discretionary uh, cash to be able to buy their kids stuff, or, you know, if you're a kid who maybe is uh, coming into some money with a paper route or doing some chores or having an allowance or something, we're just a little bit short. Um, we want to make sure that that uh, we're nurturing that. We want to make sure that we're encouraging the next generation of fans to be able to to experience the things that make them happy and and the things that allow them to escape into flights of fancy or worlds of wonder and and just be able to see themselves and, 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 and project their hopes, dreams, desires, fears, and, and, uh, and humanity into, uh, into something that, that allows them to kind of break out of, of, of whatever it is that they're experiencing that might not be so pleasant. Right. And, and one of the other things that kind of drove me into the, the dark and seedy uh, world of torrenting, and <laughs> I, used to, I used to buy my comics. I, I mean, I had yeah. long box after long box filled with comics. But the thing is, is, is anymore, these stories are so epic and so sprawling. And But it used to be, like, you could go into a comic book store and pick up a one or two titles and kind of follow a story thread. You could follow, sure. like, the Dark Phoenix saga or the Spider-Man clone saga, which may be a bad example because there was a lot of friggin' titles that that took place in. Or, too, like, the but... Civil War saga, which was, I think, spread out over 70-some-odd books across 12 different titles. Or That's that's the point I'm making, is yeah. that the, the comics stopped being self-contained or relatively self-contained and ended up being these multi-title epics like uh, Blackest Night in D.C. or... Uh, the Batman series they had back in the day, they had the uh, Cataclysm series where Gotham had the earthquake and all that shit. And, Which is a great business uh, model for the comic book companies because if you want to experience the entire story, you got to buy all these books. And it's definitely a uh, a business model they've translated to the films where everything kind of crosses over. But yeah, if you're a kid right. with five bucks in your pocket and you got to prioritize what you want, you kind of wind up uh, losing big chunks of the story if you can't buy every single book every month. Right, exactly that. And, and so that's kind of like the the nemesis of me now at this point because that's kind of what drove me into the the dark and seedy world of of comic book bit torrenting yeah um so i don't do that anymore obviously i have a very strong guilt complex now based upon all the horrible shit that i did do as a kid and and growing up and 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 I, i i want to be a better person i want to be a better example to my children so uh i now subscribe to a couple different services where i get the comic books digitally but i pay for it well that's important you know it really at the point does bear repeating that if you uh realize your mistakes and atone for them and, and and try to make up for them and then adapt your behavior going forward i mean that's really all anybody can do who's a fan whether it's uh yeah uh, somebody who uh was bit torrington comics or whether it was somebody who was downloading movies or Whatever, I mean, we hold ourselves to the same standard like we held uh, like the sparkling consequences. No, and, and you're exactly right. That's kind of what I meant. And, and and so, I mean, I'm trying to go about it being a more responsible, respectable fan and, and trying to handle that in a more uh, socially conscious, socially acceptable way. 
That's all we can do is, 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 is if we make a mistake, we, we admit it, and then we change our behavior going forward. That's all anybody can ask. Right, but I want to keep other kids out of uh, maybe having to face similar situations because uh, whether it's like a movie ticket or a comic book or a whatever it is, the draw for it, the desire for it can be pretty strong. So we yep. don't want to drive people to this seedy little underbelly of, of fandom because it does have consequences. It's not in a vacuum. It's not in a void. So uh, the be-all, end-all of that was uh, me and you started talking about forming this Fuel Your Future charity event. Uh, and, and it's gone through a couple different permutations as we've uh, kicked around ideas for it and waited yeah. for the artwork for it. Uh, we have now gotten our artwork for it. Some fantastically done art by uh, Tony DeLeo. Uh, looks fantastic. Bravo. Uh, we'll be posting that on our Instagram as well. And you'll see a lot of it on Facebook. But the general idea is to print this off. And what it is, it's a poster with links to our site as uh, scannable QR codes. Uh, and it'll, it'll take you to our Facebook page. It'll take you to our Buzzsprout page. But it'll also take you to our PayPal and to our uh, Venmo and to our Cash App links. And what that will allow you to do if you see it in a comic book store or online and you want to donate, hit one of those links up, throw a donation out, it gets earmarked for this fund. Now what we're going to do is uh, we're gonna, we have two different comic shops we're going to start working with here uh, to kick this off. And as Jim said, we want to kind of try to branch it out uh nationwide as we can so again if you guys have a local comic book shop that you feel would uh be amenable to this kind of situation let us know we'll get you a copy of the poster to get to them but the idea is is to put these posters in the shops and have people be able to look at them and if they're feeling generous scan the codes and and drop a few bucks and, and what's going to happen is we, we're going to collect these i i, I want to say uh like not quarterly, but maybe maybe quarterly, maybe every three months, and make a, just a large donation to uh, one of the comic book shops that we uh, or that are supporting us. And uh, the first shop that uh, came to mind for me is I live in Lacey, Washington, the Olympia, Washington area, state capital of Washington, and uh, around here we have a comic book shop by the name of Olympic Cards and Comics. It's run by a woman named Gabby Shepard Trotman. And I've been a, a customer of hers uh, many, 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 many years. As long as I've lived in the Olympia area, I've been going to her shop. And I've, and I've been blessed with the good fortune of watching her shop go from a little strip mall shop. Or it wasn't even a strip mall shop. It was in the actual mall when it was a thing. It was this tiny little shop. And then graduated to strip mall, then graduated to a rental building across the street from the strip mall, and now they've got their own uh, sprawling two-story building that is just nerd mecca for this area, and uh, that is reason enough to want to work with her. But the other reason that I wanted to work with Gabby is uh, her and her uh, business uh, have have made. A very pointed effort to be charitable and give and and she started a, a charity organization um, called Gabby's Kids and they donate school supplies and food and 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 everything Christmas things and I mean her her donations and giving and and charitable work knows no bounds and I absolutely love that about her she's a stellar human being her husband's a friend of the show too if you've looked at our uh, logo 
Uh, it was designed by Eric, her husband. Uh, Eric, how's it going, man? Uh, Eric Trotman, uh, former uh, comic book writer, current comic book writer, uh, graphic designer, and uh, uh, tabletop role-playing game writer. Used to work for Wizards of the Coast. So, uh, But they do a lot of very charitable donation, charitable work. And so it just seemed like a real natural fit to get her involved. And, and she is... Uh, expressed an interest in, in, in running with this charity program and seeing if it can get some legs under it. And uh, so I'm super excited. to. I'll be going out this weekend to print off the first of these posters now that we've got this super high-quality, high-res uh, poster now. And so I'm looking forward to getting that in the, in the shops and seeing what it'll do. And my local comic book store is about a town over from me. It's in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which I've referenced... Uh, Quite a bit on this podcast because it oh, is... once or twice. Eh, yeah, it's, it, it is the once and future home of uh, TSR, which, uh, you know, depending on uh, where you are in the history of tabletop gaming, um, is a good thing or a bad thing. But regardless, I mean, <laughs> right. uh, growing up uh, in this area, I, I, you know, Gary Gygax was a guy who was just kind of knocking around town a lot. Um, and, and I had a lot of friends, parents who worked at TSR as artists and writers and layout people and doing various jobs trying to get uh, books and tabletop gaming materials into the hands of all the gamers around the area. And it wasn't until I got to college, really, and, and I, I noticed that there were people from all over the country trying to put groups together to play uh, D&D and, and roll dice on tabletops that, that I realized that um, it was really not just a, a local cottage industry. But uh, Lake Geneva, uh, in addition to being the, uh, the home of TSR, on the same block as the old TSR building, which is now a, uh, an ice cream shop. Um, there's a great store called Comic Alley, and it's run by my friend Trite Chemnitz, and he is, uh, it's just, it's, it's exactly everything you want in a comic book shop. It's actually underneath a boutique. There's some uh, ladies' fashions upstairs, but there's a, uh, uh, a staircase that goes off to the side with a nice neon sign pointing down that says Comics, and he's just got this basement <laughs> space that's just absolutely crammed to the gills with back issues, with long boxes, with current books, with, with, uh, with old books. And he's got collectibles and toys and movies and cards and figurines and just every goddamn thing any geek could possibly want to be able to express their fandom. And, um, you know, Trike's been running this store for, uh, gosh, at, like, at least a couple of decades. Uh, you know, he and I knew each other. Way back in the day, which was a Tuesday, back in like uh, high school, early twenties, kind of college <laughs> area era. I was gonna say and, it sounds uh, like a Tuesday. Yeah, it was a Tuesday, and so he's been running that store for a long, long time, and um, he does a great job down there, getting comics into the hands of all the people in this area. And uh, so I'm looking forward to uh, to getting in there and talking to him about this, and and uh, letting him know that we'd love to work with him. I haven't had a chance to stop out there yet, because um, you know COVID, everything's kind of been up and down. But uh, I, he's, a, he's a great guy, and uh, he's, he's, he's obviously very committed to, to comics and, and just geek them in general. And so being able to, uh, and not just that, but it's, a, it's an area that gets a lot of foot traffic. It's a very high uh, tourist area. Lake Geneva, Wisconsin is, is incredibly uh, touristy. They do a lot of business in the summertime, but there's still a good amount of, of, of foot traffic thanks to, uh, to recreational boaters and uh, ice fishermen and skiers that come around in the wintertime. But um, I don't think I've ever stopped down to Sea Trike ever and not had at least a dozen people come through while we're sitting there chewing the fat. And a lot of them are kids. And I definitely see kids picking stuff up and going, hey, mom, hey, mom. And just like showing their mom like cool figurines and toys and comics. And, and uh, you know, so I, I know that, um, that the kids that go in there would love to be able to, uh, 
to, to, to pick up some of those things. So, uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic store. Um, it's, it's, it's a really great space and he's, he's got a great, uh, he's got a great thing going on down there. So I'm looking very forward to, uh, to approaching him with this and, uh, kind of seeing where his head is at on it. But, but he's, he's a great guy and I know that he'll be into it. So, um, that's something I'll be doing in the very near future as well. As soon as I can kind of shake this bug and get over there. <laughs> and we got another great store in downtown Olympia that I kind of just recently, uh, started thinking about taking the poster down to. Once I get it printed out, and, and of course, uh, and approaching them, we got a shop downtown called Danger Room. And uh, uh, anyone who's an X-Men fan knows where that comes from. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking about trying to strike up a conversation with them. It's, it's a locally owned shop as well, and they're really good guys down there. And uh, I think it would be kind of the, 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 the trifecta right there is a good way to start this. And... Like I said, it, it, it's the entire purpose of this, and, and I don't mean to get preachy about it, but we have talked about, I mean, I've even had my kids on the podcast talking about you know, the things that they're fans of, and it's for that exact same reason, and I mention it all the goddamn time. The reason that we do this show, the reason I started this show in the first place, was because I love to see that, that twinkle in the eye, that sparkle, when someone gets so ramped up and fired up about the things that they're into... And they just run off at the mouth with verbal diarrhea talking about this shit. And, I mean, Lord knows I do it all the time. It's kind of the entire raison d'etre of this, this program. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I, I, I can't think of a more receptive audience uh, to move into. I mean, and I know we swear a lot. We, we're, we use big boy words quite often. But uh, the idea of... This show translates into how I feel about raising my children and, and how I'm sure a lot of uh, similarly-minded, nerd-friendly parents raise their kids. They want to see them get excited about that that thing, whatever that thing is, whether it's comic books or Star Trek or, you know, Marvel movies or role-playing or whatever it is. Parents want to see that in their kids, for the most part. And that's kind of why I've always had a real strong desire to kind of help foster in this new generation of fan. Absolutely. Because that's kind of the attention that I wished I had gotten as a kid. My parents, I mean, they supported me playing video games and whatnot. They'd buy me an occasional video game here or there. But they were kind of mean about it. My, I distinctly remember my mom and dad used to buy, like, when we bet the old NES games, they'd give us the cartridge, but they wouldn't give us the book. <laughs> a little instruction manual figure it out on your own I don't kid know if, yeah exactly I don't know if that was just to kind of toughen us up or make us think for ourselves or whatnot. but you know my mom like you've, you've, you've already referenced the Nintendo hard level of difficulty <laughs> some of those games had so to be able to uh, oh yeah sort of not just uh, have that game that's such an uphill climb but also deprive you of the basics of it hey here you go kid we're going to just toss you in the deep end so sink or swim on your own good luck but, uh, you know, I, that's kind of the attention that I would have liked to have back growing up, you know. You know, see the things that my parents were interested in and see that spark in their eyes, you know. And, and maybe be able to feed off of their fandom a little bit, too. I mean, who knows yeah. what that could have developed. The only, As it stands, the only thing I really feel like I, I got from my parents' fandom-wise would be Aerosmith and Queen. Uh, which, you know, not for nothing, are two huge cornerstones in my musical upbringing, so... For sure. Uh, I thank them for that. But, uh, you know, when you're a geek, when you're surrounded by geek subculture, 
you kind of want to feel like you're supported in that arena. You want to feel like you're amongst, you know, peers because that's what's going to, you know, deepen your own fandom is being able to discuss it and, and have conversations with it and share that love with other people. And so I've made a real big point of with my children uh, kind of just dropping them in the deep end and watching them paddle with it, you know, seeing what they make of. Because I'm not shy about my nerdery. I, I hang it on my sleeve, you know, video game stuff all around my house. Uh, I got lightsabers hanging on the friggin' wall over here. Uh, I've got shelves and shelves of video game consoles and Star Trek com badges literally everywhere. I mean, I, my nerdery is out there for everyone to see. And so to see them kind of gravitating, not just to the stuff that I'm into, but branching off and, and finding their own little pockets of nerdery is, is so gratifying as a parent that I want more. I'm greedy as fuck. I want more. I want to be able to see that spread. And, and that's kind of the, the impetus for the charity. I want to see it uh, go beyond my door and, and, and watch it spread. Expand that sphere of influence to people who aren't even related to you. Right, and, and I don't know if that sounds like arrogant or... Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what that sounds like, honestly. No, I, don't, I don't think it does. I, I mean, care. it's not like you're doing it for, your, for, uh, for, for, for personal gain. I mean, you just, you know, being able to... Uh, oh, I get gain from it. Well, it makes me feel amazing. Virtue is its own Which, reward you know, in that regard, sure. But I mean, it's not like right. you're you're getting anything. You're not, we're not you're not getting we're not taking anything off the top. We're not uh, you know taking a percentage nope. of this or anything. It's just all going to go to the kids. Nope. And one hundred percent. Yeah, you know, being able to, uh, to to spread that joy to be able to just you know to to let anybody out there who wants to find their thing, whatever it is, to discover that thing and then indulge in it, and then uh, be, become a fan of whatever it is that gets their motor on, and that's. You know, it's it's like you said, like uh, th there's a certain subsection of, of person, and I, I don't see this as often as I used to, but um, I've talked to people who are into nerd stuff, and like you said, when they talk about whatever it is they're into, their face lights up and they start rattling off and they start talking and getting really excited and animated and talking a million miles an hour, and God knows I've done that a billion times myself on this very program, but uh, <laughs> invariably at some point, They'll sort of like stop and catch themselves and go, I'm, I'm sorry, you probably don't care about this. This is probably boring to you. And it never is. It, to see somebody else Hell light no. up and, and just get animated and, and passionate about whatever it is they love, I don't even give a shit what it is. I don't care if it's something that I don't personally like myself. If, if somebody gets really amped up about it and gets so passionate and so animated and so off to the races, they just want to share it with that exuberant, over-the-top energy, that's when people really, just, just watching their faces light up is, is an amazing thing. And... Even if whatever it is they're into is not something I'm personally into, I get into it in that moment because I'm so excited watching them express their joy and how much it meant to them and, and what, what it kind of brings to their life. So being able to, to plant those seeds within somebody else who might just be a young person who's maybe trying to find whatever the thing is that they're going to eventually glom onto, that they're going to grab the ball and run with, um, just to even be a small part of that is, is really just, it's, it really is its own reward. And I'm looking very forward to being able to... Uh, to help scatter those seeds a little bit and, and, and just kind of foster that love of, of nerdery, of geekdom, of, of whatever it is that, that, that somebody might be into that they might not even have discovered yet, or maybe they're just starting to nurture and then just seeing it uh, kind of... Just take root. And curl take roots, yeah. Curl roots are in the psyche and just grow and flower and, and make them happy going forward. That's, that's, that's an amazing and, feeling. 
Absolutely. And I kind of got into this discussion now. I, I, like I said, I drive train crew around. Uh, and most of the time, by the time they get in my rig, they're, they're tired, dog-ass tired, and just ready to sleep. So half the time I'm carting around snoring people, just trying to stay awake myself on the road, you know. Yeah. But uh, there's this one guy, and I distinctly remember, his name's Ben. And uh, Ben works the overnights in uh, Tacoma. And at the end of the t- shift, he gets transported back to Seattle, where he's based out of. And so I've driven Ben a handful of times. We know each other. He knows me by now. Most of the guys know me as the podcast guy or the metal guy because, you know, if they start talking to me, they ask the kind of stuff I'm into. I'll tell them. I, I'm not shy about it. I'm like, oh, I run a geek podcast and, you know, I'm in a metal band and this, that, and the other thing. New single just dropped. Yeah. Pandora, Rye Heart Radio, Spotify. Look it up. Watch it burn. Another sentiment. Another sentiment. But, uh, so he gets in my rig the other day and we just, start talking and and he mentioned something about arcade games and i'm like oh yeah i love arcade games in fact i collect these uh new wave toys replicates arcade games and i've got like seven of them now and i got like five on order and blah 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 and we start talking about it and he starts talking about his love of digital pinball and how he's built this digital pinball table that he has in his house and that's super friggin' cool i kind of want one it's a bit of an investment but you know uh, so we start talking about that, and then he starts talking about uh, there's a company that makes shirts called Roosevelt's, and I know you and I have talked about them once or twice. Uh, mm-hmm. They made that Ghostbusters shirt with a really weird cut that doesn't work for me. Um, be that as it may, uh, he collects those shirts. I guess they're collector's item, limited edition, once they sell out, they sell out kind of shirts, and he's into that. And so we started talking about that, and and just to watch him get so excited that he's like pulling up pictures on his phone to try and show me this limited release drop that he was able to get involved with, and this or the one that just got away, and <laughs> and it's it's just so electric. Everybody's got their he, thing, man. Feel that, yeah, and it's it's beautiful. And kids, more than anything, are just so deserving of having that outlet. Yeah, and we talk about acceptance and everything. We you know the LGBTQ community and things like that, and how uh, it's it's becoming more and more increasingly uh, available as far as a community for these people to to find their roots and to find their their family, if you will. Um, it's the same thing with nerddom. People need that community. People need that fandom, and to be a part of that, I can't think of anything better at this point i really can't so yeah so that's i mean kind of my driving motivation i'm sure that you know we've, we've brought this up quite a bit we've mentioned it usually at the tail end and, and sometimes at the top and sometimes both of, of a lot of previous episodes <laughs> about how we're trying to uh to get this thing off the ground and and uh i'm sure a lot of folks are kind of tired of hearing us talk about it but at the same time i mean it is really yeah it is really something that that, that makes a difference to both of us i mean it was your idea but as soon as you told me about it i just got really excited and and, um, so yeah, just to be able to, uh, to be able to do this, I've been looking forward to getting this off the ground for a long time. And, and I'm really glad that we're going to be, you know, punching this into full swing and, and, and doing everything we can to, uh, to, to just generate some funds and, and turn that directly into, uh, to, to tangible nerd shit in the hands of kids. I, I'm super excited about this thing and, and, and seeing where it goes and seeing how far we can go with it. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's such a great idea. And uh, if, if it comes together the way that we hope it does, then uh, it's going to make a big difference to a lot of people who, uh, who really need the difference made in their lives. 
Right. So here we are in the first week of November. This is the start of the first inaugural Fuel the Future season. The first yeah. quarter, if you want to call it a quarter. But the uh, idea behind it is you go to the, one of the comic book stores that are participating, you scan our link, or you can just go directly to our links on PayPal, Venmo, and Cash App. All of them are just one word, Fuel Your Fandom. Whether it's an at or a dollar sign in front of it, that's app dependent. But all one word, fuel your fan. And we kept it simple because we are simple ourselves. And we, we, we tend to forget and have lapses in memory. And hey, what was the name of that address again? Uh, that's what, what happens when you get to be an old man like you and me. Old man shakes his cane and shouts at the sky. Yep. But the idea is you go into the comic book shop, you can scan one of these codes... It'll take you to one of our donation pages where you can make whatever size donation makes you feel good. You can donate a dollar. You can donate $50. You can donate $5,000. That'd be great. Uh, I'll come to your house and bake you a pie. I don't care. But the basic idea behind this is simple. You know, you donate your money uh, at the end of the quarter. It gets this lump sum check delivered to uh, the comic book shop. That is the recipient for that particular uh, quarter, uh, whether that's Gabby's or Danger Room or uh, what was your friend's shop name again? Comic Alley. Comic Alley. So the idea is simple. Uh, and, and in fact, I picked up a few things on my travels for my, my, pers- my jobs. They send me all over the place. And uh, I just so happen to have in my hot little hands some little trinkets, some little... Uh, Gifty gifts from the last blockbuster on Earth uh, over there in Bend, Oregon. I got some membership cards. I've got an iron-on patch. I've got a fridge magnet. I've got a, I got a bunch of little gifty gifts that we're going to find some way to incorporate into this season of giving and find a way to get those in your hands as a thank you for uh, donating to our charity. Now, I'm not sure exactly what form that's going to take. Uh, maybe, you know, everyone who donates gets put in a hat i don't know we can do it like a they got those digitized wheels that they use on uh online uh to do random drawings and things like that maybe we can use something like that whatever that's going to look like there may even be some little nifty gifties for those who who chip in and, and help fuel the future for these kids as well so if you guys have any ideas as far as maybe uh i, I mean we don't do a patreon right now i've tried to set one up and it didn't work out uh, but So we don't have anything like that, but if you guys have any ideas as far as a prize that maybe you feel would be a good prize or something you'd like to see, definitely hit us up. Uh, we're going to give the, the, the email addresses and everything now. We're not quite finished, but uh, we usually do that at the end of the show. I didn't want you guys to think we're just done and over. But uh, you can find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash fuelyourfandom. You can Gmail us at uh, fuelyourfandom at gmail.com. And the backup Gmail address is fyftalentbooking at gmail.com. That's another place you can reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram at at fuelyourfandom. Uh, we're on Twitter at at fuel underscore your. And, uh, you know, really, if you just kind of... Oh, and of course, the the, uh, the episodes uh, always get uh, put up first before they're syndicated to all the various and sundry podcast distribution platforms is always at fuelyourfandom.buzzsprout.com and as you said a minute ago uh you can find us at at fuel your fandom at cash app at venmo 
and at PayPal if you want to dump some cash into these uh, in, into these funds that we're going to be distributing. So just you know, there's a whole bunch of places you can find us. There's a whole bunch of places you can reach out to us. There's a whole bunch of places you can contact us if you have questions, if you have concerns, if you have ideas. And, uh, you know, again, like you said, if you want to drop that uh, dollar or $5, dollar, $10, $20, $5,000, and, you know, speaking of, uh, of reward tiers, even though we're still hammering this out at $5,000, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll not only uh, bake you a pie, I'll come to your house and I'll spoon feed it to you personally. Um, and that's a promise. <laughs> I'm going I'm to say that on the record right now. I will come to your house and I will spoon feed you a pie of your choice. I will bake it fresh from ingredients in your kitchen and I will spoon feed you that pie and I'll look into your eyes the entire time you do it. Whether or not that's a punishment or reward is up to you to decide, but <laughs> I'm telling you that's what I'll do. Um, but yeah, there's any number of places you can reach out to us, any number of places you can find us. And uh, we, we certainly hope you do because we're really serious about this. You know, we really we want to we make sure that we, uh, we, we nurture the next generation of fans because that's what really keeps these things going that's what keeps comics going that's what keeps tv going that's what keeps superhero movies going if we don't have fans then we, we you know we don't have entertainment and that stuff is so crucial it's so crucial and uh we really need to uh to, to foster and nurture that and that's really what it's all about at the end of the day absolutely and, and i know again it sounds like we're harping on a point and 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 maybe we are and if so uh whatever i'll take that but this is something that's so important to me, and, and I haven't found a way really in my own personal life to give back on any kind of scale. I mean, you know, I've bought meals for people. I've done the coffee thing. I've done all of that for people. I mean, and that does feel good. Sure. But I want something that is purpose-driven. I want something that is uh, a tangible effect, a ripple in the pond that I play in. I want this to be something that you know, resonates with my people, my fan base, you know, my my family in geekdom, you know, my Trekkies, my comic book nerds, my everyone. I mean, I want to make a ripple of my own. Because it really and is, if you think about it, it's a win-win-win. Speaking of the ripple effect, I mean, the creators get paid when their work sells. The uh, the comic right. retailers, they wind up being able to uh, sustain their businesses, their small businesses. Uh, there are very, very few, right. and I don't know if there's any uh, the national chain comic book stores that I know of. So every comic distribution uh, retail there location. Has to be one. I don't know. Yeah, I, if there are, I don't know of any. I, I was just sitting here trying to think of it, but uh, comic books for the most part are distributed by independent retailers, mom and pop independent small businesses. So the creators win, the uh, the small business people win, the kids win, and uh, you know you win because it really is a nice warm feeling. So there's just no downside to this. I can't imagine. I mean, obviously you don't give if you don't have the money and you can't really afford it. It's not about that. It's not about bleeding people dry. But it really, it's just about taking whatever is left over and, and just making sure that you put it someplace where it's going to make a difference to somebody who, who really needs a difference made. Absolutely. And uh, so that's it. That's what we're going to say about this for now. Yep. Now, I did, want to, I did want to have a little side conversation on the air here. Jim, have you noticed how much awesome shit's coming out right now? Um, I mean, the, the biggest reason, spoiled. yeah, I'm, it's, it's a deluge. The reason why I've noticed is because, and you and I have talked about this before and you've given me all kinds of shit that I deserve for falling behind on a lot of things. Um, right. like I, I, okay. I, we, I, where do I even start? Like, I'm not even, 
five or six episodes into Squid Game. I got to finish that. That's the new thing that's happening that everybody's talking about. But I still, and this is is a mea culpa on my part because I'm saying this publicly because I want to remedy this. I still haven't seen The Mandalorian yet. And now Book of Boba Fett is coming out. Uh, I still haven't caught up on Cobra Kai and we're three or four seasons into that now. I I did watch the trailer. Uh, Eternals, as at the time of this recording, by the time that this episode drops, Eternals will be out in theaters. Uh, I plan to see it with a friend on Sunday. Yeah, the, the, the main reason I know that there's so much great shit coming out is because I, despite my best efforts, cannot keep up with it all. There's <laughs> just so much. It's getting longer and longer and longer. I, you know, it, re- I, it really is the geek equivalent of having that stack of books on the bedside table that you, that's just your, your forever perpetual summer reading list that you just constantly tell yourself you're going to get to. And they just every book you read, two more show up. It, it really is like that. But yeah, that's that's the main reason I know that there's just so much shit happening right now is because I every time I turn around, there's something else that I have to add to my queue, and, and I'll never get to it all. It really is an embarrassment of riches. You're absolutely right. And, and for one of the reasons I wanted to talk about that, uh, our good mutual friend, Mr. John Champion of Mission Log fame. Yeah. Uh, used to be you said Mission Log, you knew exactly what you were getting. You were getting the play-by-play episodically of each Star Trek episode in turn, in order. By series, you know, that's what Mission Log was. Occasionally they would do a Mission Log Live where they took questions or they would do like a supplemental, which would be uh, interviewing a director or a writer or one of the actors or something like that. But it was all very uh, a tight-knit community. And I have to say, I listened to John and Norm talk about this the other day and it made my heart explode with happiness. There are several new mission logs coming and in fact they've started this week first and foremost i want to say congratulations to norman and his new co-host i I don't have the names in front of me but there is now mission log prodigy which is going to focus on the new nickelodeon star trek show star trek prodigy and we watched the first episode it airs on thursday nights and it's amazing. It's it's geared towards kids, but it's not pandering. You know what I mean? It's Star Trek, but it's different and it's fantastic. And yeah. the 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 visuals are stunning. The voice cast is amazing, and I'm I'm so looking forward to that. In addition to having brought back uh, uh, Captain Janeway, or well, of a sort, uh, Kate Mulgrew is back to do that voice, which is fantastic. But uh, Norm and his new co-host will be doing a Mission Log uh, Prodigy. In addition, they will be doing a new live podcast, Mission Log Live, kind of a focused event where they will be doing a lot more uh, listener interaction, good and bad. Uh, but also, and this is something I know me and you have talked about, they will be starting. They've got a, a pair of co-hosts. It's not John directly, but I think he exec produces it or produces it. Mission Log Orville. Now that I'm is an idea super, whose time must come. Super stoked to listen to. I cannot wait. What and better uh, conference of, of of canon status, or what better blessing of uh, this is a uh, one of the best non Trek Trek properties that's ever been produced than to have um, Champ and crew bestow that sort of um, recognition. Right. Onto Having the Orville. it fall under the Roddenberry banner, I mean, that's that's gold star seal of approval, right? There. We've made this point before. That I think when the Orville came out, because of Seth MacFarlane's not just involvement but also creative direction behind it, I think we all thought it was going to be Trek with dick jokes, and you know, there's 
certainly some of that. It but is a little bit. It yeah. is a little bit, but I mean, uh, if you've really watched the Orville, and if you haven't, what the fuck is wrong with you? And again, I really can't say anything because I'm so far behind on my own shit, as we've already established. But if you haven't watched the Orville, <laughs> if you're in the Trek on any level at all and you haven't watched the Orville, you're making a mistake. It, it, they're coming back after a uh, almost three-year hiatus. It was COVID-driven and also platform-changing driven because they've moved off of Fox onto Hulu. So it's been a pretty big shakeup. And uh, most, of the, most of the available press has indicated that this might be the last season of the Orville, but uh, God, Seth MacFarlane has also said that um, he's open to possibly doing more if there's more story to tell. So, um, yeah, if, you, if you're not watching the Orville, you're making a mistake. Absolutely. And so, like, we've just got this embarrassment of riches. We've got Star Trek just blossoming all over the place with new season of Discovery coming. Lower Decks just wrapped up its second season, which I need you to watch these seasons so we can talk about lower decks because that's a specific kind of animal that is ripe for talking about um we've got you know prodigy and strange new worlds coming and they're talking about doing several more movies and they're talking about spin-offs and and it's just my head explodes with all of it because you know i'm not one of those gatekeeper trek fans it's like oh you this isn't real trek this is you know, new track and new track isn't the same as old track and right. That's just not how I float. So. Now we've talked quite a bit about how any good fandom, any good universe will have lots of on ramps and, and uh, all of them are valid for uh, whoever needs to discover it that way. Right. Well, we're getting that with star Wars too, as you mentioned with the Mandalorian and with book of Boba yeah. Fett and with a uh, show Katano's show and the Obi-Wan show and, 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 and now they're talking about doing a uh, Darth Maul animated show, which I am absolutely behind. I mean, there are so many on-ramps coming into not only Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel has branched out in such a vast way that you you can approach it from eight different kind of angles. And it's beautiful to see this kind of nerd-vana, if you will. Nerd-vana, we'll call it that, because... yeah. You know, everywhere you look, you're just absolutely spoiled for choice. And my cue yes. is the same as yours. I yeah. don't admit to being as far behind on a lot of that shit as you are. But, you know, there's always stuff that I want to watch, too, that I just can't get to for whatever reason. Like, I meant to start Squid Game while I was at work today. But I got distracted and started watching Captain America Civil War again. Just because, you know, Chadwick Boseman and everything else. And I just really wanted to... To watch that one. That was a, a, a pretty formative movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so I got sidetracked and derailed as you do. So As you do. I mean, I'm spoiled for choice. You're spoiled for choice. We are all spoiled for choice in this world of nerd that we love so much. And so to be able to have this opportunity to just bathe wholeheartedly in it, uh, I'm super excited about. And also, again, just a huge shout out to Roddenberry Podcasts and, and our friend John. Uh, for really grabbing the bull by the horns and just kind of exploding their own brand like they are and just yep. encompassing so many different directions. I mean, because they, they had a daunting task ahead of them in the first place with trying to do uh, a one-off for each episode of Star Trek. I mean, they're going to be doing that till 2030, and at this point they keep making more. It really and is kind of one of those things, just like having that stack of books. Yeah, you, you read one and two more pop up in its place. They, they started off with a, uh, a very clear mission of, of doing an episode per episode, and then uh, with the explosion of platforms and the explosion of, of fandom and the explosion of, of different 
different entertainment properties, it really is getting to the point where they've got the work cut out for them uh, and they'll never really be finished because of all the different things, all the new things that are constantly in the pipe, constantly coming out. Uh, they're, they're just, yeah. they're, they're never going to be finished. Absolutely not. But they're grabbing it by the horns. They're, they've introduced some new co-hosts. They've introduced some new formats. I am super excited for them. Uh, so huge shout out to you, Mr. Champion. I, I applaud what you're doing. And not for just because sure. you're my friend, because remember, you were a podcaster to me before you were a friend. Now you're both. But I, I applaud you. I figure what you're doing is admirable, and you're doing the same thing that you're, we're doing in a, in a way. If you think about it, you are fueling people's fandom for Star Trek. You are fueling people's love of the Orville and, and, and for these new series. And and, and it's just heartwarming and, and wonderful to see. So... Uh, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about outside of the topic of the, uh, the, the charity. So, uh, again, if you guys want to reach out and grab a hold of us by the short and curlies, there are a couple ways you can do it. You can hit us up on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash fuel your fandom. If we're not in Facebook jail, that's mm, yeah. Uh, you can find us on our Gmail, which is. Uh, fuel your fandom at gmail.com and the backup gmail address as always is fyf talent booking at gmail.com you can find us on instagram at at fuel your fandom and on twitter at at fuel underscore your and as is in keeping with the general thrust of this entire episode if you want to drop a couple of bucks into the fund to put comics into the hands of kids you can do that at cash app at venmo and at paypal and all of that is fuel your fandom very easy to find because, uh, as you said, we're simple guys. We like to keep it simple. And as always, you can also find us any place you find fine podcasts. They let us in anyway. And you can find us uh, <laughs> at places like iHeartRadio and on Spotify and on Stitcher and on Apple and Google Podcasts and all of those great places. And however you find us, we are always chuffed to bits that you fucking do. Absolutely. So we want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Fuel Your Fandom Podcast. Keep in mind, we're only about five episodes away from the great big season finale of season three. And like I said, uh, it may or may not involve a previous guest who uh, has an affinity for Star Wars video games or uh, Dune, as it turns out. Um, so keep uh, your ears and eyes tuned to the web and uh, you'll see us there. But on behalf of Jim and I... Uh, I want to thank you for listening, and as always, please do remember, everything is fandom, and fandom is everything. Take care. Outtakes, making outtakes for the credit stinger. Hey.